Well, hello and welcome into Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast. Ah, Wes. Uh, welcome into Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast. I am Brandon. That is Wes. We're not with Michael tonight as we are live streaming during this Braves and Phillies game. Was I right? All right where are you at? Right now? <laughs> I told you. <laughs> messing with me i thought you were messing with me and you hit the 30 second timer and i was like that is so messed up that is so messed up uh as you watch this oh, yes no wes is freaking out no because way. the braves who officially were down four to nothing getting no hit by zach uh-huh. wheeler have just come back to take the lead in the bottom of the eighth austin uh-huh. riley two run home run 376 foot bomb to left field. What a oh. cliffhanger. Yeah, how you feeling? To the fans out there, by the way, Brandon left me on a cliffhanger. He said, oh, Austin Riley, and hit the 30-second countdown timer. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> what happened? And it mutes the mic, so he couldn't hear me. Oh. <laughs> oh, wow, what a big, big oh. swing of the bat for the Braves. And that could theoretically I turn this that's... series around. Uh, I mean, let's jump right in. In all honesty, yeah. If the Phillies win the Wheeler game, if the Phillies win here, the Braves mm-hmm. are getting swept. Yep. Uh, let's be honest; they're not winning Game Three in Philly against Nola. That's not happening. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking, especially with how abysmal their offense had been in the first what the fifteen innings of this series, right? Yeah, man. I mean, we had what four hits. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't we get shut out game one, um, mm-hmm. which you know game one we got shut out, and that was the first time the Braves had been shut out at home in two years. Yeah, ridiculous. Um, and they were trending crazy. that way in the first six innings of tonight. Yeah, I mean, until look, yeah, you got to you got to give Wheeler credit, man. He absolutely dealt. Uh, this one ain't on him. Yeah, no, final line for Wheeler, six and a third. I think he struck out ten. Um, one walk, three earned or three runs, two of them earned one bomb as he did give up the home run to uh Darno. But uh yeah. Wow. What a wild turn of events here. I mean, mm. they were up four to nothing through five, four to one through six, four to three through seven, and the Braves have scored five runs in the last three innings. And now lead in the bottom of the eighth by a score of five to four. Well, that totally changes how this podcast is going to start out. (laughs) If you're just joining us, welcome into Barrels and Barrels. I am Brandon. That is Wes. That way, on on your camera screen. Yeah, it's it's a new layout. Yeah, new layout. Uh, Welcome in. Um, We're not even going to run the open on this. So how are you feeling now as a Braves fan? After that swing of the bat, and tell me the emotions uh, before that and after that. I'll, I'll be honest. The before this inning, I'm playing. I'm playing this out in my mind, and I'm like, we have about one inning where we could possibly score some runs. If we don't, if we don't score runs in the eighth, we're going into the ninth. We got three outs to play with. Um, they got a couple guys they can throw at us, whether it's Orion Kirkring, who's been immaculate, even as a rookie. Um, you know, Kimbrell, Alvarado just pitched. Um, they still got Sir Anthony Dominguez, you know, and they got some arms in the back end of their bullpen that have been really good. I'm not, I'll be honest. I, my assumption is if we didn't score runs in that inning right there, we were getting swept. 
yeah, you were coming up with uh, nine one two, I believe, to start that inning, and yeah, uh, it all really started with an, a hit by pitch for Ronald Acuna, and mm-hmm. then Ozzy gets him over with a fisted f- thing. I an excuse me ball, swing. yeah, an excuse me swing, um, and then Ronnie steals third base on a ball in the dirt. And then Riley on a 3-2 pitch off of Hoffman puts it into the seats in left field uh, to give the Braves the 5-4 lead. Wow. That... I was uh, – sorry to interrupt. I was emotionally <laughs> ready to come on here and hop on a soapbox and talk about the five-day rest and starting slow in a slump. And we had nine days last year. We had five days. This is – MLB has to figure it out. <laughs> I guess all that's solved now, so – well, he's still got three outs to go, and that Braves bullpen has still been questionable. Yeah. So I wouldn't say count the chickens yet, right? But mm-hmm. uh, uh, in play out, so the inning is over. And as we're heading to the top of the ninth, uh, I'm assuming it's going to be Iglesias. Yeah, it should yeah. be. So uh, yeah, we're going to be through the top of the eighth, so. Okay. Uh, so here as we're starting out, before we get any further, I do want to say that this is brought to you by Whiskey Towers. So head on over to whiskeytowers.com. Get 10% off your order by using the code WHISKEYWEATHER. Again, all caps, WHISKEYWEATHER. as whiskeytowers.com. Uh, a whiskey tower is what it sounds like. It's like a beer tap for your whiskey. So if you're a fan of whiskey, uh, we are a bourbon and baseball podcast. Head on over to whiskeytowers.com. We're getting closer to Christmas it's a great gift for any whiskey lover. So use the code WHISKEYWEATHER, all caps, for 10% off your order. This is Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast. We're talking the playoffs here. Uh, obviously, we are in the DS series. Before we dive too much further into the DS series, let's recap what happened in the first few series. Um, and before we get there... I ask you to hit the subscribe button if you haven't done that already. Uh, Hit the subscribe button below. Hit the like button. Tell us who your favorite team is, who you're rooting for out there uh, as we are in the Major League Baseball postseason. Um, Only eight teams remaining, and a couple of them were on their last leg, Um, one of them being the Baltimore Orioles. But who is your favorite team? Who are you rooting for? Who do you think is actually going to end up winning the World Series? We'd love to hear that in the comment section below. So don't forget to do that. And again, hit that subscribe button. So let's talk about the wild card weekend recap. We were two for two so far in our bold predictions, that's for sure. Uh, Michael Burns went with all series were going to be a sweep and for the second time in history in MLB playoff history the first round of the playoffs went the minimum amount of games so there's one the Minnesota Twins was my bold prediction that they were not only going to win one game but that they were going to win a series and they did that let's start series by series the first series was one right in your backyard Tampa Bay hosting Texas Tampa Bay got run out of their own building uh, because there was no one there. But uh, Texas Rangers take that two games to none, winning game one, four to nothing, game two, seven to one. Was this the fact that the Texas Rangers are that much better or Tampa just didn't show up? I think it's a culmination of things. You know, first and foremost, the Rays were injured. You know, mm. like you got to kind of put that out there. Juana Franco has, you know, he, he had his issues. Um, the Rays were starting guys like Taylor Walls at shortstop. You know, no, mm-hmm. nothing bad about Taylor Walls, but he's not Wander Franco. 
Um, you know, Brandon Lau got hurt. Luke Rayleigh got hurt. Um, they have an entire starting staff on the IL, you know, so, and, you know, a couple of guys in their back in their bullpen got hurt and you've kind of felt like if the Rays didn't win the glass now game, it really didn't matter. Like I, I, I didn't know how they were going to make it out of that series mm-hmm. unless they just absolutely mashed. And it just, man, it just felt like they were too injured and they're just, they didn't have anything in the tank that gave you hope that they were going to be able to come back. You got to give credit to Texas. I mean, their offense is, their offense, their offense is awesome. Um, they came out and they shelled glass now. Um, I think Eflin pitched pretty well, but Texas just scored runs, man. What Evan Carter did was pretty amazing. The kid's, what, 20 years old? Mm hmm. He's really showing what he could he could do. Josh Young came back from injury, um, hit a home run. I mean, you got to give credit where credit's due with the Rangers. Um, they're just a really good team. You know, I think the only question mark for them really is their the back end of their bullpen. That might matter more in a seven game series, right? But in a three game series, you know, I, I don't think it matters as much. So. Hey, it is what it is. Um, the only the last thing I, I will say about it is you saw the photos. We've talked about it. Man, <laughs> the Rays have to figure something out. Like the attendance was just embarrassing. And, you know, the bad part is I looked at tickets and it was $25 for yeah, upper yeah. level tickets. And like, you know, as the graphic says, 19,704 fans. Mm-hmm. The lowest. Man. Lowest attendance at a playoff game since the 1919 World Series. For those bad at math, that's 104 years ago. That's how abysmal it was. Um, I don't know. So what just... do you What do you think it was? As someone who lives there, as someone who's immersed within the the Tampa scene, is it just yeah. that it? I saw a lot of people saying the excuse was it's a three o'clock game on a Tuesday. Uh, that... That's one piece of it. It is, I would say, three major pieces that I I feel like. Number one is the majority of Tampa Bay Rays fans, the majority of sports fans in the Tampa Bay St. Pete area. And if you don't know, and this is the first time you're listening to it, and you've never looked at Tampa Bay, Tampa, the city of Tampa is separated by St. Pete by a major bay, Right. You have to go. There are three bridges that go from Tampa to St. Pete, and there are two lanes. Well, one of them is three lanes, but it just it's not easy to get from Tampa to St. Pete, right? It's not. It takes you 15 minutes to get across the bridge. That's how big the bay is. So that's one thing. It's a pain to get from Tampa. Oh, I love it. Yeah, check out the graphic, right? So. You got the Gandhi Bridge down at the very bottom bridge there. You got the Howard Franklin Bridge, which is the middle bridge. And then you have the, uh, I forget the name of the third one up top, uh, the Courtney, Courtney Campbell, Campbell up top, which, you know, if you're using the Courtney Campbell, it's a 45-minute hour-long trip from there down to the trop. And, look, it's just not easy to get to games, okay? Like, mm-hmm. that's just that's the reality of it. The game time didn't help because 3 p.m., you know, if you're traveling from Tampa to St. Pete at, to get a 3 p.m. game time, I mean, you're leaving at 1230 in Tampa. Mm-hmm. 
right? On top of that, you're not pulling any fans from Brandon or Riverview, which is east of Tampa. You can see it there on the map. Like, yeah. you're not pulling fans from there because that's almost a two-hour trip for them. So the second piece I'll say is the trop is just not in good condition. We've talked about that. The third thing I will say is I love my people in St. Pete. Love them. Mm-hmm. But they're just not the sports going people. Yeah. A lot of them are retired. Uh, a lot of people in St. Pete are, um, they like to enjoy the left-handed cigarettes. Okay. <laughs> that, I mean, and I love my St. Pete people. All right. I do. But they're just not the go to a playoff game for the Rays. Yeah. Type demographic of people, right? Like, so it, that's just the tough part about it. Right. Um, yeah. And it's in, I hate to say it, but it's just tough, right? It's embarrassing because it's a playoff game. And that's the thing. It's a playoff game, and it's not like that they haven't had playoff games as of, as of late, right? Like, they've filled that yeah. ballpark um, when they've played in the past. My question is, how is Minnesota doing it in packing the stadium with a 30-minute later game? That That's the question, right? It, you can't use the afternoon game as an issue. And then uh, another one is the Chicago White Sox. We can agree that they are both – uh, bad drawing teams, the White Sox in the race. The White yeah. Sox not generally pulling fans. They had a game in 2021 versus the Houston Astros where they faced the Astros in game four of that series in the ALDS at a one o'clock game on a Tuesday, and they sold the place out with 41,000 people too. So I don't, yeah. I don't think the start time can be really a huge excuse with this, um, but I, I understand it. A Tuesday school's in, but if you're a fan, you're that's, gonna make it happen. I travel five excuse. hours for a game to Chicago from Cincinnati. Yeah. And to that point, in Tampa, when we had when I worked for the Lightning and we had the Lightning in the first round at home. All right, mm-hmm. I'm gonna give you a comparison. The Lightning, the Amelie Arena holds eighteen thousand one hundred and sixty-two, I think. We sold it out. Yeah. For a first round playoff game for the Lightning, you tell me nineteen thousand a stadium, third less than St. Pete, like yeah. it's nineteen. Yeah, yeah, I I totally agree. Uh, but another uncharacteristic part of that team was the Brew or the Brewers, the the Rays four errors in game one. Uh, just Ugh, ugly. yeah, I, they hadn't committed four errors in a game all year. They'd only done it three times in a game. I think three times all season. Just. Just not what that team was, and I think right. they got to the end. They uh, they won ninety nine games, but they kind of, in my mind, maybe ran out of gas. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. And yeah, the errors were pretty uncharacteristic uh, of them. Um, you know, y- Yandy Diaz Diaz is, is was pretty good over there at first base. He made a yeah. couple errors. I think I think it was Taylor Walls that made a few errors at, at shortstop. Just tough, man. It it, it was not fun to watch to be no. quite honest just as a baseball fan you know even right. though i do live here you know i, I want to see the the rays succeed but like just as a general baseball fan it wasn't pretty <laughs> so yeah ugly ugly game uh we're watching the braves and the phillies as we are watching this live i'm watching game day which is about 20 seconds ahead of the game on my phone and then that's 20 seconds ahead of wes's game so I know what just happened uh, on pitch number five. Don't do this to me. Do you want? Do you want me to ruin it? No, 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 no. So just give me, 
give me 20 seconds to watch here. <laughs> oh man. Well, I'm God, it's, I, it's about to here. We'll watch it together on my phone. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Too many notifications. I'm not even going to get to see it. Oh man. I know what happened because of game day, but you're going to be celebrating. Oh my goodness. That's insane. Oh, that's hit well. Oh. Keep watching. Keep watching. Keep watching. Oh, oh, Harper. Harper, what are you doing? Oh my God. Got to change the graphic. Oh my God. So. The Braves win. <laughs> the, I like that's a deflating loss for the Phillies. Yeah, that could be a. I'm not going to say it's a series ender for the Phillies, but boy, I think that puts the Braves oh, right back man. in the driver's seat. Wow, what an ending! So, uh, Castellanos double. I didn't. I missed the first part of the play. I saw the relay throw in, and then Harris. I saw Harper. Harris was in right center, made an incredible catch up against the wall. Didn't quite rob the home run, but it was, I mean, he made an incredible play right center and Harper absolutely thought it was going to be down and he was going to try and score from first to tie the game. And Harris just made an incredible play and Harper couldn't get back to first. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's insane. Um, I mean, you, you can't really get on Harper, right? Because he's trying to score uh, I, I to can't tie that him. game. Uh, and it's going to take an amazing catch to, wow. Austin Riley, for those of you who didn't see it. Okay. Now here's the replay. Oh yes. A leaping grab at the fence. He crashes into the fence. I think Harper had rounded second base at that point as well. So he had to go back and tag the second base and then run back to first base. And he got doubled off to end the game. I'm not going to, I mean, that's, that's tough. Oh, he was at shortstop. And he yeah, slipped. He was. He slipped. He was oh, a yeah. short. And the and the throw goes through the cut man. Yeah. And Austin Riley is the guy that picks it up and throws him out at first. Oh, man, what an what a inning and a half for Austin Riley. Wow. Yeah. And he was he only if he doesn't stumble he might beat that back. Wow. 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 Well, if you're just joining in, uh, the Atlanta Braves have just tied up the series here in the NLDS as they looked like they were in trouble coming into the seventh inning tonight, <laughs> down four to one. They come back to win five to four. Uh, Iglesias gets the save. Um, I'm kind of going to get rid of that save and just give it to Michael Harris. I think yeah, you're no not doubt. a pitcher, but I think you deserve the save over. Wow. Um, yeah. Incredible ending to that game. An incredible final three innings. That's playoff baseball right there, man. That is yes. playoff baseball. That's what you watch for. God. Yeah. And as we jump in, it is the top of the first in LA. And the Diamondbacks already up one nothing in this inning with runners on second and third. One out. Uh, ground ball. That's going to score a run. And the Diamondbacks are up two to nothing at this point. So the Diamondbacks have a two zero lead in the bottom or top of the first. They lead that series one nothing at this point in time. There's a whole lot going on. Um, I was going to ask you later on in the podcast, but let's jump right into it right now. Let's get um, into it. The uh, what do you think 
about the buy? What do you think that winning a division and getting the buy is now a curse rather than uh, a help, and rather than the thing that I, you want? I um, I will say this: baseball is one of the only sports, and hockey might be the only other sport I can p- compare it to, where momentum, timing, is more important a lot of times than a five, six, seven day rest, mm-hmm. right? Man, I've seen it so many times where the team that gets five, six, seven, the Braves had nine days rest last year before they played a game. The season ended in October 2nd. They didn't play again until October 11th. Mm-hmm. Baseball is too much of a momentum game for a hitter that relies on rhythm and timing. Yeah, I, I do think that it has too much of an effect, um, and and, I'll, and I get, I get the um, the other side of a coin, the arguments. I get the arguments. All right, you get to rest your guys. Mm-hmm. My counter argument to that is, you only get to rest the minor injuries, right? Right. You got a guy that's got like a pulled hamstring, and you know things like that, or you know his shoulders bothering him, right? Uh, a pitcher shoulder like. Those type things aren't solved in five days, right? The the home right. field advantage aspect, I do think that matters, but only when you have momentum, right? If you haven't played in five days, you could see it from the Braves' first six innings. Dude, they uh-huh. were getting blown up by 96, 97, and their timing was off. You could absolutely see it that they had not faced live pitching and anyone who's played baseball or watches baseball on a regular basis, as you do, as Michael does, you can just see, like, Zach Wheeler only used a couple sliders in the first inning because he saw they were not going to hit his fastball, right? Um, so to answer that question, I would say I think it is a disadvantage at this point to win your league. And I will say I think that teams may or may not. I'm gonna throw I'm gonna go out a limb and say that if a team is on the edge in future rounds, future mm-hmm. seasons, they might rest their guys anyways, because it's more advantageous to be a six seed than it is to be a one or two seed and get a seven, eight day bye. I would rather and I would rather be the six seed play two games and start Spencer Strider against the Marlins and Max Freed against the Marlins, then I would rest five days, six days, however long it's been since the Braves played, mm-hmm. and then see Zach Wheeler in game two. So the other, the last counter argument I will say is that people say you get to set up your pitching, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's true for game one, but with the NL having an extra day, which by the way, MLB, what are we doing? Right. Why why are we starting the AL? Why are we starting all four games on the same day and then giving the NL an extra day off? That was one of the things on the list. I know why. All right. Let's be honest. I know why. NFL. Because of TV. It's because of NFL. It's because to get the TV slots, you have to break it up. I get it. I guess that's my soapbox, man. I don't feel I feel like it's a disadvantage to win your to win your league, to be the, the one or two seed. Like, had the Braves not come back right there 
what would have happened? The uh, sorry, I've wrote it down. If the Braves would have lost, and let's assume the Dodgers lose this game, mm-hmm. the last and they're about to years, because they're, they're down three to nothing now here in the bottom of or top of the first. The wild card team would be fifteen and eight, or uh, fifteen and eight or sixteen and seven in the in the division series. So to me, that says it's more advantageous to play three games or two games and then go in the division series. Even if you don't get to rest the guy, even if you don't get to home field advantage, even if you don't get to set your pitching lineup, because guess what? The, the Phillies got to set their lineup almost exactly how they would have set it up anyways. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. I was looking at it last year. 2022 was the first year and we've got three people streaming us live right now. So thanks for watching everybody. Uh, if you have any qu- comments, put, put those in. We'll try to get those on and try to answer your questions. If you've got any questions and if you just got comments or who are you rooting for? What's your team? Uh, who do you think is going to win the world series? Throw that in as well. Um, last year was the first year with this new setup, right? Well, in 2020, there was similar, but it wasn't an official. That was just for COVID. So let's start with last year as the first one. Austin Riley and Travis Starno. There's, there's our guy, Joe Campbell. Huge World <laughs> Series fan. Oh, I mean, huge Braves fan. 2021 World Series dynamic duo strikes again. Um, yeah, it, the Braves have the uh, game three. That is... Um, what is game three? What are you talking about? Game three? I, I don't know what his his comment was there. Uh, so going back. So 2022 in the AL and NLDS, the teams were five and three that uh, that had the home field advantage in the first two games. And I'm only counting the first two games of the series because by that point, uh, and Justin, he's also a Braves fan. And here we go. <laughs> he's lighting it up. So thanks for joining in, gentlemen. Uh, Oh, game three of the 2021 World Series. That's what he meant. Okay. Uh, as far as what happened last year, teams one and one, the Braves versus the Phillies. The Phillies ultimately went on to win that series. Dodgers split with the Padres, and that's the Padres ended up winning that series. But in the AL, New York and Houston were both the one and the two seed, and they stole, or not stole, but they took the series um, there. So it's two and two. It's kind of even. This year, so far, Baltimore's down 0-2. LA's likely to go down 0-2 after what we're seeing here. But we just saw the Braves come back. Um, and then the Braves are 1-1. One one, Houston's 1-1. One one. So it's almost a 50-50 split through the first two games. So we took the yeah. division in their house. Justin's already get him a gold glove as he's ta- <laughs> talking about Michael Harris. So I, I kind of get your argument. I do think that there's... Um, <laughs> I would still rather have the rest and be able to set the rotation because you're still setting games one, two, and three, um, right? Because you're going to be able to put your rotation in whatever route. It just so happened that Wheeler got to pitch on normal rest tonight rather than uh, yeah. one day less rest. So you, you're you in the driver's seat now. Philly does have home field advantage, but all you have to do is win one out of the two in Philly. That place is still going to be rocking. It's going to be uh, an, an <laughs> Justin. Justin is, ooh, wee. <laughs> oh. uh, how much you had to drink the, tonight, Justin? <laughs> it was the ring finger, though. It yeah, was the ring finger. It was. It was uh, Nikki Castellanos. I will say, as a Cubs fan who had Nick Castellanos on their team for three months, there is no 
guy that I wanted the Cubs to re-sign more back at the end of 2019 than it was Nick Cassianos because of the way he plays the game. And he almost tied the game up tonight if it wasn't for an amazing catch uh, by Michael Harris. So far, um, I can say that I think we're both on agreement that right now home field advantage and having the bye isn't the best news. But still, I don't think it's the worst in my mind. I mean, yeah. Last year, the two AL teams... Uh- Used it Let's to say their it advantage. Depends on the team, right? And what I mean by that, now, the Braves had some guys like Freed that you know, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a big piece, right? Like that extra five days rest where he could go out today is a huge, huge advantage. Now, granted, he was not sharp today. Um, he was biting edges. He didn't really get some calls that. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there were a lot of pitches right there um, that he just didn't get. Wheeler was really, really sharp, man. He looked mm-hmm. really good. Um, on the flip side of that, you look at a team like Houston, and you know, to be honest, it might just be the fact that someone like a Dusty Baker is so experienced. They didn't come out flat flat last year. You know, same argument. Mm-hmm. They won their division. Um, they didn't come out flat last year. Um, they swept Seattle. Um, they came out this year, and you know, they they won game one. Now they didn't. Framber didn't pitch great yesterday. Minnesota no. came out. You know, Correa had a had a big game. So I don't know. I'm interested to see how that comes back. But even though Houston lost, you can't say they came out flat the right. same way that the Braves did, the same way that the Dodgers did both last year and this year, the same way that um, what's the last series Baltimore has so far. Mm-hmm. And Baltimore scored some runs, but. Man, Texas is just slug. So, well, so th- I want to talk about all these series because we're here in the playoffs. Pablo Lopez, Pablo Lopez, as Joe Campbell mentioned, Pablo, what seven innings, seven what strikeouts to shut out baseball. Great outing by yeah. Pablo. Um, two great outings. He had a two stud great, game yeah. in the game one of the uh, AL Wild Card Series versus Toronto. Carlos Correa, five for eight so far in this series. Um, he's batting 533 in the playoffs. Jordan has had a, a great first two games, three for seven with three home runs. Yeah, Framber went four and a third with five earned runs, but JV went six innings of shutout baseball in game one. We, we were talking about Minnesota and Houston. They're tied up 1-1. They're heading to Minnesota. It's going to be Javier versus Gray in game three, which will go off tomorrow um, in Minnesota, which that place was very packed out there mm-hmm. uh, for the, the wild card series. Oh, wow. What a hustle play by Freddie. I love the way Freddie plays. Uh, and that's a guy that you need to get going to. Uh, both him and Mookie were hitless in game one, and that's part of the reason the Dodgers – I mean, <laughs> he gave up 11 runs in the game. You're not going to win much I, of those. Look, it, but. it's tough, man, when the Dodgers had the same amount of rest that the Braves had. Uh, and, you know, you got your horse on the mound in Kershaw, which, mm-hmm. let's let's be honest, he's just not had postseason success. No, I, I don't know what it is about some guys like like Kershaw where long tight maybe they are maybe man I don't know if it's a mental thing um, a mental preparation thing but man it looked like they were sitting on his curveball and they were mashing it and yeah. he just doesn't have success in the playoff and it's it's a little disheartening because you want it's so you have to root for a Kershaw 
right? He's, like, he's you got to root for see him. Yeah. Yeah, you want to see him succeed, but man, six iron runs in a third. Yeah. It it legitimately doesn't get any worse than that. No, so, uh, 162 ERA, literally 162.0 ERA. That's playoff tough. Playoff Kershaw. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And thanks for those of you who are watching, Joseph Campbell, Justin Ferris, who are chiming in on the comments. Anybody else joining in, don't forget to hit that subscribe button below if you haven't done that already here on YouTube. You can also find us Spotify, Apple, as well as iHeart, Amazon, and Google radio podcasts so the dodgers are down 3-0 in the bottom of the first right now they could potentially be looking at an 0-2 hole heading to arizona the phillies are tied now with the braves after an amazing comeback the the story of the braves season was their offense and through the first 15 innings of this series there was none five hits in the game one they were no hit going into the sixth inning before they scored their first run um, was this last three innings enough of a spark? You think going yeah. forward? Yeah, I th- yeah, I think it is too. I think baseball is that kind of game where, and it honestly, it's not always the Travis Darno the two run homer that you get. Sometimes it's just a little blue pit that kind of right. gets things going. Um, but for for this team and this offense, yeah, I think I think that was it. The two run homer by Darno just kind of kind of sparked it man and um that hit by pitch was huge um so uh, good on them a great at bat by austin riley there so now my reverse question would be reverse these two games this happened in game one and game one actually happened in game two what's your thoughts going to philly would you feel less confident, just the same, or do you still think you've got? You're saying if we got shut out in game two, and but we we came back in game one. Yeah. Um. I think I'm probably. Uh, I would probably still be pretty confident. Okay. I feel like I would have more confidence going into game two versus Wheeler if that would have happened, but the fact that it happened this way and we did it against Wheeler and not against Ranger Suarez. That gives me confidence that we can go into Philly. We can score runs on Nola. Mm-hmm. Um, now granted Wheeler, man, God, at, outside of that two run home run, like dude, he, he was dealing <laughs> like, yeah. uh, if you guys didn't watch the first four innings, the Braves could not strikeouts? sand if they fell off a camel. Okay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. was it was not good. We looked lost at the plate. A uh, question here from Joseph Campbell. Serious question. Not to dwell on the layoff, but isn't it generally fair to say that hitting takes longer to return to form after a lull than pitching? Yes, for the most part. Um, I do think we're at the back end of the season where I do think it's probably not as big of a difference as it would be for the beginning of the season or even after the, the All-Star break. Um, but it was a large layoff. It was five days. You played on Saturday. Uh, you played on Sunday, and to be honest, did the Braves really play on Sunday? I don't think that they played all their starters on Sunday. Mm-hmm. They didn't play everybody down the stretch either. That's another thing. Like, do you push it a little harder towards the last couple of days of the season if you know you're going to get this five days of rest, or it's kind of like this? Yeah, I mean, we could probably talk strategy, right? And here's what I here's what I don't want to see. 
What I don't want to see is MLB get in the position where they do, where teams do realize it's an advantage to not be the one or two seed, right? And start resting their guys the entirety of September because the Atlanta Braves have a 15 game league in the East. Yeah. You know, like that's what I don't want to see. But to answer your question on the other side of that is, I think best suited. Yeah, you start resting your guys week two of September, mm-hmm. uh, and then you start pushing it pretty hard week three, week four. You know, maybe you rest them week one and two, and then you start pushing it. Through. I mean, knowing what we know now, right? Like hindsight's always twenty twenty. I think I would go. I think I would structure it that way where i'm gonna rest those guys i'll bring i'll bring up the the minor league guy i'll call some people mm-hmm. up they'll get their playing time in september the first two weeks and then week three week four we're treating it like playoffs yeah now look at the, the phillies look at the diamondbacks who were playing for playoff spots for the last couple of weeks of the season even look at minnesota now minnesota did have a great month of september and that's carrying over here into the month but even houston they won game one after sneaking into the playoffs uh on the final day they stole the division um so it's not like that they had been resting their guys going into the final few and maybe that's the difference there right like uh, Baltimore, they were still pushing for that first overall seed because they could have been that wild card mm-hmm. because Tampa only finished two games behind them. The only team that won really with a comfortable lead, well, I guess you could say the Dodgers did too. The Dodgers had, what, a 12-game lead or a 10-game yeah. lead or whatever it was over AZ. But uh, maybe that's just it. Like They didn't have the push the final few weeks, so that competitive juice – I don't think it's that easy to turn on the competitive juice. As someone who played in, in college sports and high school sports as a very competitive level, you can't just turn it on and turn it off. The last yeah. couple of weeks, you kind of coasted, and it's not like you could just flip the switch right there. Maybe that's what the Braves needed was tonight. That was the flip of the switch there in the seventh inning or the eighth inning with Darno's home run. Uh, or no, it was the seventh inning with Darno's home run and then eighth with Riley. Maybe that's what it took is just that to get back going um houston didn't need to flip it on uh texas didn't baltimore does but they've still pushed um, and i don't i wouldn't say baltimore's come out flat they both have the same amount of hits in that series yeah they've scored hits. runs you know like three baltimore to two and, three to two and eleven to eight i mean the Baltimore starting pitching is probably what did we say three or four weeks ago? Yeah, we did. Right. And that, and you know, I think we said Bradish has been the best pitcher in baseball the second half and Grayson Rodriguez has been the third best pitcher, you know, mm-hmm. statistically in the second half, but it's just the playoff experience, right? Yeah. Like they had the least amount of experience of anybody in the playoffs yep. that wasn't named the Diamondbacks. Right. And even, yeah. you know, Zach Gowan, like those guys, Look, man, I feel for the Baltimore Orioles. Um, watching Camden Yards go crazy was awesome. I'm yeah. like, I honestly pray that they get back to Baltimore for Game Five. A Game Five in Camden Yards, dude. There's no, there's no amount of money. Like, I would, I, I, would, I wish. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, for what it's worth. Bradish, I don't think pitched awful. Only two and runs in four and two thirds. Now that may seem bad. He had nine strikeouts through those four and two thirds of an inning, so he was yeah. getting out. He just 
a lot of pitches. I think he was in the 90s by the uh, the end of the fifth inning there. And it's not like Jordan Montgomery shut down the O's either. He had four earned runs and four innings pitch. Uh, just got a great game out of Cody Bradford, three and two-thirds of an inning of shutout baseball and relief there. I still – I. I do think tech, I mean, obviously Texas is up 2-0 and they're heading home, right? So they're in the driver's seat. But I don't think we can put the Orioles to bed yet just because it's not like they've gotten destroyed in both games. They were close in game one. They did have, what, three runs in the ninth inning to make it 11-8 on what, Sunday. But Yeah, I, I think Texas kind of controlled that game a little more than the final score uh, says they did hit a three-run homer, like you mentioned. But Texas scored their runs early yeah. and often, and you know Baltimore did kind of put some stuff, you know, put some some threats there together late. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I, I think the thing is with those two offenses. I mean, I think Texas was the number two offense behind the Braves, and then the Orioles were what number three or number four? Like uh, Tampa was know. number three, I believe. But yeah, that yeah. The, Orioles offense was top five. You just never know, right? Like, right. Orioles, a, the Orioles could get hot and they could score 10 runs the next three games. Yep. And here, here's, here's a big one. Joe mentioned it. I have it written down. Walks. 11 walks in game two issued by Baltimore mm-hmm. pitching um, because Texas only, only had 11 hits. I say only had 11 hits. They scored 11 runs. You would expect them to have a little more than 11, 11, and 11. 11 runs, 11 hits, 11 walks. Uh, whereas Baltimore actually had more hits in that game, 14 hits. Um, but they only uh, had five in game one. They both have the same amount of hits. That's a great offensive series. Um, game three starters, Kramer versus Yovaldi. Uh, Evo wasn't that great, I don't think. And was he in game two? He did pitch game two versus Tampa, didn't he? Yeah, I think he did. Let me go. Let's go look at the box score. Uh, they was, won that one. What seven to one? Yeah, he beat Eflin. He had a one three five ERA, so maybe he did. He went. Uh, he went six and two thirds, six hits, one on run, eight K. Right. Yeah, well, he actually he actually pitched really well. I didn't get to watch that game, unfortunately. Me, me neither. Uh, I know he had struggled down the stretch. He had been hurt, and he hadn't been as dominant as he was through the first two or three months of the season that should be a good game that'll be tomorrow tuesday as this podcast drops on podcasters us for spotify uh you'll be listening to that game later on tonight in game three as i mentioned earlier minnesota versus houston uh real quick with that uh, minnesota series amazing stuff there what i loved was the fact that they got off the schneid broke that 18 game playoff losing streak and that dated back to october mm-hmm. of 2004 that place was insane Minnesota that so baseball, awesome. that is what playoff baseball is all about. The insane, just atmosphere of the ballpark, sitting on the edge of your seats. Royce Lewis comes out, first career playoff at bat, yard. Second <laughs> career playoff bat, at bat, see ya. And then Duran comes in just throwing gas. 102. <laughs> That's a sneaky bullpen. And you and yeah. I both agreed on this in the last week's episode I think Minnesota can still take this from Houston. They've got the home field advantage now. Um, starting pitching, I think, lines up a little bit better for them than it may for Houston. I'll, I'll be honest. I, I agree with you, right? And it will all depend on 
which Christian Javier the Houston Astros get, mm-hmm. right? If the Astros get the Christian Javier that uh, spent like eight weeks on my fantasy team, it's going to be a good day for Minnesota, okay? <laughs> but Sonny Gray has been really good. He's been really consistent. Um, you know, last year, two years ago, like he was getting up a lot of home runs. He's been really good this year. He was really good in his first start, his first playoff start. So I feel like he's going to give them a chance to win. I, I don't see Sonny Gray giving up six, seven, eight runs. Um, you know, look that in today's offensive environment, it certainly could happen. But I feel like he's going to keep them in the game. He's going to, um, he's not going to strike out that many people. He might have gotten in some trouble every now and then, but he's going to get a ground ball double play to get him out of something. Um, you know, it's like, I think it depends on Christian Javier. And can he pitch well? Can he get the strikeouts that we saw? Can we get the guy that we saw in the 2022 playoffs? Because right. that guy was unhittable. And legitimately, you know, he he was part of a combined no-hitter. So yeah. it just that if Minnesota takes game three, man, I really like Minnesota's chances. Yeah. Uh we haven't even seen Ryan pitch yet in the playoffs, I don't believe, have we? Uh and no, he, could, he, he could be an ace down the road for that team. And they've got Pablo and they've got Sonny who are pitching fantastic. This uh, they well Bear pitched game one, I believe, and went three innings. Uh I don't know the exact show, who who came in after him. It may have been Ryan, but um yeah, back-to-back days, Tuesday, Wednesday in Minnesota. That is a 4.07 Eastern time first pitch for Tuesday, and then it would be a 2.07 p.m. Eastern time. So that's 1.07 Central on Wednesday for Game 4. Talk about getting screwed by the MLB. <laughs> um, those those are going to be fun games. I mean, I, I really like this Minnesota t- team. I don't think that they quite have world series potential but i do think that they've got a shot to make it to the alcs and like you said baseball is a streaky time um overall uh, you get hot at the right time <laughs> look at what texas has done four in a row right yeah so um right. who's who's uh obviously you're a braves fan who is the best remaining team right now who's playing the best right now of the remaining teams texas i mean texas. I, it's it's hard to and texas like Here's the thing, man, Bruce Bochy just knows how to manage in the postseason. And he did something. So we uh, we didn't touch on it early on. I was going to kind of go into this, but we, we can circle back to it now. He did something yesterday that I saw that, and it was just so minute, right? He let, and I forget the lefty's name that, that came in and threw, I think, four and two-thirds. Bruce Bochy let a middle reliever go in. And he didn't follow that. He didn't exactly. Yeah. And he didn't follow the analytical script. He didn't take him out after three, three guys. What he did notice was that this guy was dealing. Okay. And he went, I think four and two thirds, three and and two thirds, three and two thirds, no runs. And the second that he uh, started getting hit, I think it was in the seventh or eighth inning. Boach took, took him out, but you know what he Mm -hmm. did? That was just a gut feeling from a manager, man. And that was so refreshing for me to see because we watched Berrios get taken out after four and two thirds and he was absolutely dealing. And you know what that was? 
That was an analytical decision that was made before the game was ever played mm-hmm. by somebody who's never managed. Right. Okay. And I'm sorry, man, between that, between the Blake Snell thing, we've skewed too far into the analytical realm. And I think we need to get back to allowing the managers to manage in the postseason. Right. Who know how to do it by gut, by feel. And, you know, I think Burns said it on one of the previous podcasts. Analytics works in 162. It doesn't work in a seven, five, three game series, man. It just doesn't. I'm sorry. So Toronto, you should have let Barrios go. Like you should like that was their only chance. Vlad getting picked off is a whole nother story. But I don't know, man. I just it's it's hard to watch as a baseball fan when a so, guy like like Barros is just dealing like Wheeler dealing tonight, dude. That was fun to watch. I'm sorry, but that's what mm-hmm. that's what makes playoff baseball playoff baseball. And him getting taken out, you just did the other team a favor, right? And somebody like Bochi knows that. That's why that guy, uh, who was it? You said the name, Cody Bradford. Bradford went three and two thirds. Man, I love that. And you know, shout out to Boach and Rangers for for a lot giving him the freedom to do that because I I love that man. That's what baseball is all about. Guys dealing, leave them in. That saves their bullpen, you know, for not only this series but the next series. So definitely, like Pablo dealt yesterday in Houston, going seven innings. Like yes, I would have expected. Him to possibly be pulled after the sixth, right? Let him go out for that seventh. Let him keep going. Um, So to recap all of this, uh, we're talking about the playoffs. Thank you to those of you who are chiming in on the comment section. (laughs) Lowe, the mayor of Rake City, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And Games ain't played in the stat sheets. That's right, Joe. Uh, they're played by flesh and blood with emotion and stress and confidence and fatigue. Uh, he mentioned yeah, the Diamondbacks yeah. are a close second right now. They continue to pour it on right now. They're up 3 nothing in the top of the second. Corbin Carroll just got on with a walk. Uh, and there's a fall ball. Big play by Will Smith. But runners on first and second here in the bottom of the or top of the second. I keep thinking they're at home for some reason. Maybe because they're just controlling everybody as if they are the home team. Diamondbacks have not played at home yet, and they're going to have won four games in a row in the playoffs, uh, potentially. Uh, And that's how the Rangers have been, too. This will be the first game uh, in the playoffs that the Rangers are playing in their their own stadium. Remember, in 2020, that's where all the playoff games were held, right, for the World Series. Um, All seven games were held in Texas. Man, that's crazy. I, mean, I, th- I, I think that that. That, was, that was the first year in the br- brand new ballpark in Arlington that they built. And Texas hasn't played a playoff game there yet, but there have been seven World Series games played in that same building. This will be the first time that they make it into that building uh, since it's been opened in the playoffs. Um, so I bet you that place is going to be packed crazy. insane. So it's going to be hard for Baltimore. I do think Baltimore is able to sneak this game in game three out. Whether or not they're able to take both of them, that's going to be the big question. Uh, speaking of the question, we asked the question last week to fill out a bracket. So far, uh, I do want to update the people. This is going to be a little of a messy shot here. But there's a look at the bracket uh, coming into this week. You can see the updated bracket on our Facebook page as well as on Instagram. Of course, Arizona went over and moved into 
Dodgers series in the NLDS, and then the Braves are hosting the Phillies, or at least they hosted the Phillies in the first two games. Baltimore hosting Texas, Houston hosting Minnesota. The ALCS will start on the 15th, the NLCS on the 16th, so that is by the end of this week, um, this upcoming weekend, in fact. That'll be Sunday and then Monday. Here are who are leading our bracket challenge. Number one, Ben Felton. You know him on Instagram at Bourbon in the Bro. He was the only one to get all four of the first round picks right. Second, tied for second, Kevin Kraut, Kyle Eaton, and Andy Kitzlar. Uh, Kevin Kraut, that would be Bulletproof Bourbon on Instagram. Kyle Eaton, Braves and Bourbon. And then Andy Kitzlar is, uh, that is Sippin' Badger on Instagram. And then we have a fifth place tie with nine other people who got two correct which includes me, you, and Bernsey. Uh, but I think it's it's all going to be who wins the Phillies Brave series is really going to determine who wins our bracket because yeah. 90% of brackets have the Atlanta Braves as the World Series champions. So uh, we will up those that every we will update those standings after every series uh, completion. Um, of course, you only got one point for. The first round, you'll get two points if you correctly guess the second round. And then you get four points for an ALCS or NLCS correct guess. And then the World Series winner, if you get that correct, that is seven extra points. And, of course, there's the tiebreaker just in case. Again, one more pop-up of the bracket challenge update. Congrats to Ben. You're the winner of the first round. But there's still a lot of baseball left to be played. Uh, inning over, out of the jam, as Justin just said. So the Diamondbacks do not score a run. They're in the top of the second uh, as the Dodgers get out of it. Uh, but they did take out Bobby Miller. So it looks like it was a Gratterall that came in to get out of the jam. Uh, so they're already going into the bullpen. Yeah, Gratterall. This is where the day off yesterday helps the Dodgers just because they blew their wad in the bullpen on Saturday. So they got mm-hmm. rest. But... Uh, Boy, back-to-back games going to the bullpen in the first and the second. Yeah, that's that's going to be tough. Not not just this series, right? But remaining series, if they if they somehow get out of this and they come back and win and pull off a miracle like the Braves did tonight, if the Dodgers come back and win tonight, man, that's going to be rough on their bullpen. You know, moving forward, having to devote that many innings to those guys. Yeah, uh, and that was our one concern last week, wasn't it? Like, who's pitching yeah. for this team? Their bullpen has been fantastic towards the back half of the season, but their starting pitching, besides Lance Lynn, Bobby, and Clayton, we couldn't couldn't really think of who's going to be That's your game tough. four starter, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, Lance Lynn, Bobby Miller, you know, you were relying on Kershaw to be that guy. And, yeah. you know, maybe this was all every, almost every series, right? whether it was the Braves, uh, the Dodgers, even Houston, and even in uh, the Baltimore, so the top seeds, right? It, for Baltimore, if Kyle Gibson wasn't Kyle Gibson, Baltimore's in trouble. If uh, For Houston, if Justin Verlander wasn't Justin Verlander, they're in trouble. If Spencer Strider wasn't Spencer Strider, man, the Braves are really in trouble, you know? And then yeah. if Kershaw wasn't Kershaw, like, God, that, that's especially total for the Dodgers because – at least the other teams kind of have a, a bona fide number two that you can rely on. Right. Uh, but for the Dodgers, like we questioned, we questioned it last week. Yeah. Man, maybe Lance Lynn, maybe Bobby, Bobby Miller. Honestly, I think Pepio might have been their best guy down the stretch. Like, yep. Just a lot of inexperience there. 
and Kershaw was dealing with back injuries and injuries off and on throughout the season, right before the all-star break, he got hurt. And since then he hasn't pitched consistently. Um, but yeah, that's going to be a huge hole, especially for a Dodgers team that doesn't have the starting pitching. If they get, if they go down Oh two, <laughs> they're in big trouble, obviously because they're one game from the brink, but still I, like, you could look at the Braves. If they went down Oh two, they still would have had a shot just because of the talent on their roster. I don't think the Dodgers roster is as talented to get yourself out of a 2-0 deficit. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, the only counter argument I, I might make to that is if there's a bullpen that can do it, it's it's the Dodgers bullpen. Um, Ellen, Evan Phillips, Bruce Starr got a crowd of all. You know, even Pepio and Yarbrough are now. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, they got arms for days. It's an absolute arm factory over there, uh, whatever they're doing with their development. So if there's a team that can come out of this, it's probably them. Whereas with the Braves, they just got to hit their way out of it. Right. You know what I mean? Like they got to put up seven, eight, 10 runs. If they had lost the Phillies, I would tell you there's absolutely no way they're going to win this series unless they score eight to 10 runs a game. Right. The Dodgers, that might not be true. Uh, you know, I, if Orion Pepio came out and started a game, even if Lance Lynn came out and started a game and gave up two runs and they won three to two, that wouldn't necessarily surprise me. Um, they just showed a stat. Sorry. Starting pitching in this series for the Dodgers, two full innings, nine earned runs. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Rough. Ouch. Wow. Yikes. Ah. Man, the Diamondbacks are starting to look like that. Just. Kind of like the, I mean, I know we said it like Minnesota was kind of the Cinderella team, and I still believe mm-hmm. that. But if you just told me the Diamondbacks were going to do this, yeah, to the Brewers, to Corbin Burns, yeah, to Clayton Kershaw, to Bobby Miller, like, man, I would have called you crazy. Yeah, I, the one thing I question with the Diamondbacks is they're starting pitching outside of Gallon and Merrill, um, Merrill Kelly. Brandon Fott was more of a three-inning pitcher that they took out early the other day. Yeah. And then you got Ryan Nelson, Zach Davies. I don't know who you're throwing in the game. Right now, I don't believe that they have a an assigned starter for game three. Um, that's TBD as we record this right now. That would be where the Dodgers could potentially come crawling back is that the Diamondbacks just don't have that high-end pitching. Um, so they're not totally dead, but you can obviously... You've got the grave dug. It's just yeah. whether or not Arizona's got the killer instinct uh, to finish them off. What is the biggest disappointment so far? Um, is it Tampa? Is it the Milwaukee Brewers? Would you call it the Toronto Blue Jays? Or I can't even say Miami because I don't think they belong there in the first place. No, I think it would be hard to say Tampa was a disappointment because of the injuries. Um, I mean, if we want to get into semantics, their attendance was probably the biggest disappointment, <laughs> but facts. Um, I'll be honest for me, the biggest disappointment is the way that MLB has sequenced the games and the game times. Mm-hmm. I understand that it's, they don't want to compete with the NFL. I get that. Um, but a five-day gap, man, between baseball 
like that's tough. Like the the All Star break is already bad enough, man. Don't make me wait five seven days and then and then putting the AL back to back and then making the NL play or have five days off the NL winners, mm-hmm. the best teams in the NL. The Braves and the Dodgers had to wait five days and then play a game and then wait another day. They played two games in seven days. Yeah, that's just disappointing, man. I, I don't know that that doesn't feel right, you know, for for September baseball. So for me, I think it's more of a whole uh, than it is any specific team. Um, if I had to name a team, I would probably say the Dodgers because they came out flat last year. Um, same exact thing, right? Um, that's happened this year, giving up a lot of runs and just how historic that franchise has been over the last 15 years. Yeah. Um, you just, you have higher expectations. So. Yeah, uh, definitely. I would, I would say the Dodgers also, I'm going to throw in there and Tampa. You can't be disappointed because I don't think anybody expected 99 wins, but it was a 99 win team. So you kind of expecting a little more out of that. As a whole, I guess out of all the teams in the first round, I'd probably say Milwaukee because they had the best three starters. Woodruff also obviously out because of the injury. But still, you're going Burns and Peralta. You're probably expecting to win those two games. Yeah, even even with those two guys and the way that Peralta pitched down the stretch, still the one and two in all the playoffs to me. Oh, okay. And that, that includes Spencer Strider and, you know, Max Freed, Max Freed had a had the blister, so I, I might not yeah. be able to end. But but he didn't pitch for 19 days. For me, Burns was healthy and pitched. Peralta was healthy and pitched. Man, that's still the number one and number two guys in the playoffs. So yep. Yep. yeah, the fact that they didn't go out and at least take one of those two games, uh, yeah, that's kind of a downfall. Kind of hate it for for Brewers country because they they love their baseball in Milwaukee, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... Biggest disappointment, I guess, outside of that would be I would have loved to see what the Marlins would have been able to throw with a completely healthy rotation, right, with Sandy and Yuri. But uh, they just – Luzardo as your number one starter, great great pitcher, not an ace pitcher, I don't think. And, I mean, Philly just mm-hmm. kind of – Philly walked through that series. Like, just cakewalked through that series. and. Yeah. Grab the momentum. We'll see how uh, games three go with um, all of these teams. Of, of course, as we're recording this, the Dodgers are still in game two, but they're down 3 nothing going into the top of the third. Uh, well, this is Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast you're watching on YouTube. We're watching live, but you can find the replay of this also on YouTube.com. Find our podcast on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and X, formerly known as Twitter. Just look for Barrels and barrels pod and if you're into bourbon uh we are a bourbon and baseball podcast go check out at bnb bourbon on youtube that is our secondary youtube channel we just dropped a new video this afternoon i went bourbon hunting yesterday go check out and see anything that i did go grab what kind of bottles were there uh go head on over or if you just want to see some bourbon reviews whiskey reviews or some funny content via youtube shorts head on over again bnb bourbon okay wes before we get going Predictions here. So the Braves tied 1-1. The Twins and the Astros tied 1-1. Texas up 2-0. And it for, for shits and giggles, let's say Arizona's up 2-0. Which team do you have the most confidence in 
that would be down in the series, 0-2, to come back? Would it be the Dodgers? Would it be Baltimore? Yeah, I think it has to be the Dodgers, right? Uh, just for experience. Been uh, there, done Baltimore, that. Yeah, the Baltimore is such a good team, but they're just young, and they just don't have the playoff experience that every single person on the Dodgers has. You know, the, the Mookie, Freddie, you know, Will Smith, they've all been there every year for the last eight years. Right. So I would say if I had to pick, uh, yeah, that's the low-hanging fruit, you know, the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. But, man, Baltimore is so talented. Um, I think they just ran into a buzzsaw with Texas. And Texas, you know, took the dip, you know, like we talked about in September where they weren't playing well, came back and started lighting it up right towards the end of uh, the last week of the season into the playoffs, and they just started rolling, man. And that offense is going, and that's just a hard offense to stop. So It certainly is. They scored the third most runs in baseball behind the Dodgers and the Braves. Uh, that, that offense. And if they can get Scherzer back, he threw a bullpen on Friday, a two-inning yeah. simulated game. Talk is that he could be an injury replacement for game four, which would be on Wednesday. So... That is something worth watching. We'll keep you up to date on that. Uh, if that does happen, we'll have a video out here on our YouTube channel. Will there be any sweeps? Obviously, two of the series are tied 1-1, but do you think that Texas sweeps? I hate or... to say this. I think Texas sweeps. He does think Texas sweeps. I wouldn't be surprised. I, do. I, I think that that win in game two kind of – Takes the wind out of the sails of the Orioles, just a young team. Uh, we talked about it last week where I mentioned I think the Orioles kind of have that young ignorance kind of thing, but you get that for one game, and then you get punched in the mouth, and game two mm-hmm. is kind of like, okay, they're, they're, just, they're just young. I love what Brandon Hyde has done with that team. I'm excited to see what they do down the years ahead with this young team talented core um they still don't even have their best player up yet potentially uh there's your shout out michael there's our jackson holiday yep Yep, that is our uh token jackson holiday talk of the podcast so (laughs) let's go through it minnesota houston who wins that series minnesota i think in five still going with minnesota i am going to go that way as well i think it may be a four uh four gamer think that they might just rattle off two in a row they did go four and two this year versus houston i believe so uh they are now uh heading home in a great atmosphere not that houston wasn't a great atmosphere but the twins now get to do it again in front of their hometown crowd at target field in the colder weather right houston's not going to be used to this it's going to be a chilly stretch here this week in texas uh in minnesota um, Houston's used to either playing indoors or with the roof open in the warmth. It could be a different site type of scenario um, for Houston to be playing outside. Obviously, I'm trying to hit like 96, 97 in, in Minnesota when it's cold is not fun. Right, right. So I'm also going Minnesota, and uh, then we'll go over Texas. Um, you just said they're going to sweep. I think Texas yeah. does end up winning that series. Atlanta and Philly after tonight. Are you going back with the, the Braves? Yeah, I think I'm going to go with the Braves, but I'm, I'm going to go five. I There is absolutely no way we win both games in Philly. Look, if you watched <laughs> uh, Philly in that atmosphere, God, that is the most explosive atmosphere 
that's what playoff baseball is about. Like, I love that. Uh, it's a, it's just going to be real tough for the Braves to win two games in Philly, regardless mm-hmm. of who's starting. Yeah, and that looks like it's going to be Aaron Nola. Do you know who the Braves would be tossing game three? Last I saw it was TBD. Um, Still TBD. I think now that they've won this game, you'll probably see it be Bryce Elder. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, who knows? They might go bullpen game. I, I don't know. I don't think that'll happen, but I, I, th- I, I think it has to be Bryce Elder. Yeah. So it would most likely be Bryce. That would be my guess. I think he's got a short leash, though, um, especially yeah. early. Uh, if it's a close game early, if you're still in the game, if that's another thing, though, like if you're down five nothing, you might just want to eat the innings, right? Just let them just throw. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, if it if it comes out, and then let's say Philly puts five six on him in the first two innings, man, if I'm Snit, I might say. Look, kid. Sorry, you you might have to take your lumps here. You know we got to save the bullpen for for games four and five, assuming we make it to a game five, right? Like, I, yeah. I mean, I hate to say that, but you're almost just kind of throwing the towel in for that game, so you can try and get back to Strider, right? Like, mm-hmm. and you might have to you might have to use a bullpen game in game four to do that. The Dodgers did it what last year or two years ago. Uh... Right? They didn't have a game four starter. They had to go bullpen game, and they ended up winning. Yeah, I, it's it all blends together with the Dodgers just because they continuously are in the playoffs, right? It's like, well, which which year is it? Uh, Aaron Nola is the game three starter for the Phillies. Wasn't his best year, but a career postseason ERA, 3.863-2, 32.2 innings pitched, 30 strikeouts, and a 1.16 whip. Um that is about his career regular season. This year, his regular season wasn't great. 4.46. Um, yeah. Oh, here we go. Joe's got a comment, and he says they'll give him two th- times through the order if it is, and no more than that, surely, unless he is out of his mind pitching. Uh, I, I agree. Um, but you, you need depth, and he says that is if it is close. Um, Do we know when Charlie Morton is eligible to come off? Did we talk about that on the last podcast? So he was eligible to come off on Saturday, but I don't know if he's actually healthy enough to come off. That would be the thing. In order to come off and pitch, you have to be ready to go, and I don't know if he is ready. I haven't seen the latest update on that. I mean, you saw what happened to Max Fried tonight, right? Like where Mm -hmm. he hadn't pitched in 19 days, and there wasn't exactly a minor league rehab assignment he could go on. So some rust. uh, He he wasn't a little rusty, right? Like breaking ball wasn't quite there. Slider was there against the lefties, but he couldn't. He was just not quite throwing strikes like he needed to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Interesting to see how that. I mean, I think that's the marquee matchup, right? At least for the divisional series, is Braves Phillies. Yeah, uh, Bryce Phillies for sure is probably the highlight of the MLB playoffs right now. And I think the winner of that series is ultimately the NL pennant winner. Um, uh, ultimately, I don't, I don't think the Dodgers are that great. And I don't think the Diamondbacks can keep this up. But who knows? Nobody thought the Phillies were going to be able to do it last year. And they ended up uh, two games away from a World Series win. And uh, did we go through? Oh, and then Dodgers and Diamondbacks prediction. Oh god, that's a tough one, man. I'm it's so hard to bet against the Dodgers, but I think I got to do it at this point. I mean, 
So Gallon is pitching tonight. Mm-hmm. You know, Merrill Kelly is presumably, let's assume that the Diamondbacks win game two and finish it off here. Um, you would presume that Merrill Kelly. He pitched game he, one. Game one. Brennan Fott pitched. He pitched okay, game so one they, versus the Brewers. Yep. So it went Fott, Gallon, Kelly. Game three, Gallen. Start game three if you're Diamondbacks. Fott? He'll be rested because game three will be on Wednesday and he pitched last week in game one on Tuesday. So I think you might go fought because he's probably got the best power arm. Ryan Nelson is another starter and the other one would be Zach Davies. And I don't, I don't have any confidence whatsoever in either of those two. Uh, not that I have confidence in Brandon Font, but He's the young god with, like I said last week with the Orioles, kind of the ignorance, right? Like, he... all right. So we got uh, Merrill Kelly pitched two days ago, right? Because the NL right. got an extra day off, so he'd be Zach a game five tonight. starter, he, I would assume. Could he? Well, there's going to be a day rest in between tonight and Game Three, right? So that's one, two, three, four. He'd he be pitching... could pitch Game Four on short rest. Yeah, has he ever done it before? That's the question. And I guess the other thing would be who else he got. Do you go bullpen day? I almost think game if they win tonight, I almost think they have to go bullpen game for game three, right? And go with an opener and then throw a fought? Possibly, yeah. That might be their best move, game three, and then hope that Merrill Kelly can go back from game four. I, I mean, Gallon... <laughs> And it would not surprise me if they say Zach Allen starts game five if it gets to that, right? Yeah, because there will be one more day off, though that gives him potentially, what, four days of rest? Yeah. Uh, or three days of rest. He'd be I pitching Diamondbacks, short. though, man. Yeah. I just That's tough. I, yeah. I don't have any confidence in, in the Dodgers starters right now. Me neither. I'm going to go Arizona. I'm going to go with the Arizona, Philly, and then Texas and Minnesota. As of now, that is not my official picks. My official picks are what we went with last week. You're mad at me. Yes, I know. <laughs> no, no, but it's funny. I mean, it's funny, right? Because we talked about the wild card and the day off and the days off and all of that and coming out flat and, and what have you. And it, I truly think it matters, right? But mm-hmm. but you're right. I can see you being right. And Minnesota, Texas the Diamondbacks and fit like if that happens, you're telling me all four wild cards into the yeah. championship series. Yeah. Man, that's uh, uh do you do you think that's good for baseball? Yes, because here's the thing. It it's good for baseball, maybe not in a playoff sense, but it tells any team in the hunt next year, you've got a shot. Right. Maybe we're not going to sell because all we have to do is we just have to make it into the dance. The Phillies, the Padres last year, the five and the six seed, they made it to the NLCS. The Phillies came two games away from having the worst record in the National League in the playoffs to winning the World Series. They almost did it. This year, you could potentially have four teams who play. You could have a three seed, the five seed, and then the six and the four. But that tells me that if I'm a team at the deadline, 
that has a shot to sneak in as a wild card. Or maybe I have a chance to be the third best division, right? The NL Central, the AL Central winner. You've got a shot. All you got to do is get in there. If you've got the pitching and if you've got the timely hitting, you've got a chance. So that's why I think it's good for baseball because it's not telling. Sure, we want to see the best teams win, right? But also there's that Cinderella story. What gets the bigger play? When University of Kansas wins the NCAA bracket or when uh, Lehigh Valley State gets to the Sweet 16, right? Or Loyola Chicago gets to the Final Four. No one gives a damn about Kansas. No one gives a damn about Texas or Kentucky at that point. Everybody's paying attention to Loyola. Everyone's paying attention to Florida Gulf Coast. Was that Splash City or whoever it was that made it all the way in, right? Um, Yeah. Nobody, I I couldn't tell you who made it to the rest of the Final Four. When George Mason made it to the Final Four, right? Those names stand out. We do want to see, like, if you're a fan of the Braves, obviously you want to see them win. And if they're the number one seed, you want to see them win. But I think it's good for baseball because it does give every team in the hunt that why can't that be us this year, in a sense? So maybe I'm going to go in and make a trade. And it keeps more teams competing rather than tanking, right? Is tanking good for baseball? Do we want... Do we I, want would, I would agree with you there. Do we want seven or eight Oakland A's and Kansas City Royals? No, maybe one or two. They're the laughing stock of the league. But even Pittsburgh had a shot this year up until the last couple months of the season where they just kind of... Uh, Colorado, sure, they sucked. The White Sox, that was a team, though, that had the talent. They just, organizational failure. Uh, Cleveland, Detroit. Detroit was within a couple of games. They were second best in that division. Could We could be talking about Detroit over Houston right now. Right. So, (laughs) I mean, I like it. Personally, it's also more playoff baseball, and playoff baseball to me is the best baseball that you get. So I know it screws a couple of teams with the rest, but I, I think know. Houston was the number, what, two seed or one seed last year? Yeah. Uh, last year they were the one seed. They won, the, one they seed. won their division. Oh, yeah, um, they won their division, they, but I don't know if they had a better record than the Yankees or not. Did the Yankees have the best record in the AL last year? I thought that I thought Houston had a better record, but uh, the Yankees got the publicity because of Judge's sixty-two chase. I think you're probably right think, on that one. Yeah, I don't think the Yankees were the best team in the AL last year. I just think I think they won the East and they were number two seed. Uh, the Yankees were the two seed. No, no, that's this the postseason son of a gun. I just clicked on something. Yeah, the Yankees were the two seed last year. Houston was the one seed. So Houston was the best team in baseball last year, and they went on to win the World Series. So it can be done. They did it last year. It's just, I don't know. I think that it's, I think it's good for baseball. What is? What are your thoughts? I think it's good for a few things uh, that you mentioned. The tanking aspect of it, yes. Um, like it gives those teams that are right there on the verge, the, like you saw Miami went out and traded four players. Mm -hmm. They got, uh, they got Jake Berger 
they got who else did they get? They got a they got Josh um, Bell, Josh Bell, and they got the reliever, Robertson, uh, Robertson, right? And you saw them. I I did not have that on my bingo card to start the season. Okay, no. Um, I think that is good for baseball. I think it's good for tanking. I think it's good for viewership during the regular season and the initial series. Mm-hmm. I have two fears about how and now this is only the second year we've done right. this. So small sample size, right? Two fears. One is that teams like the Braves who are so far ahead that we've devalued the regular season enough that in September they're just going to toss the towel in, let younger guys play, and then you're going to get a very mediocre uh, product, entertainment product. The other counter-argument that I would say is that having a, let's say hypothetically, right, because this is a very real possibility right now, Mm-hmm. Let's say you have a Minnesota Arizona World Series. TV viewership mm, will probably be far less than right. a Houston Astros Atlanta Braves, right? Right. So that's the other part of it where I say I'm unsure about the five day rest thing because I do think that does matter. And I think that's where it plays in is that if you're talking about viewership and if we're going to take the angle of not playing on Sunday because of the NFL, because it is about viewership, it is about that dollars. Ultimately it comes down to this, right? It's all about the money. Yeah. If that's the case, then you want the Atlanta Braves in, you want the Houston Astros, you want Philly in of all teams, right? Because everybody's going to watch Philly. Right. So I, I think that's my fear. Right. I, I don't I don't say I'm not going to sit here and say that it's bad for baseball. I don't know that it's bad for baseball. I just don't know that it puts out the best entertainment product. If that makes sense. I understand. Uh, do you would you rather go back to the one game wild card? No, God, no. Mm-mm. OK, so no. then, then <laughs> I will the, go. No, go for it. I baseball is too unpredictable of a game where anybody on any given day can beat any team to say one game is it. I'm I hated that. I'm sorry. That, right. that, that was, um, I don't, it's, I've thought about this literally for the last few days. I don't know what the solution is. Or do we go to I, the, uh, the expansion in the playoffs of 2020 in the COVID year, they went eight, eight games or eight teams make it as Joseph Campbell just said. Uh, I don't think you reseed after the wild card because I don't think that that really, that's also very hard to coordinate too because travel schedules. You're, you potentially have to have two things of travel ready to go. Cause what if the Marlins would have won instead of the Phillies, but Arizona is like, Oh, well, I guess that really wouldn't have made a difference because Arizona was six. But say the Brewers and the Diamondbacks came to the last day. You don't know who you're playing until literally 8, 9, 10, 11 o'clock. You're leaving or you could be hosting. Because what if yeah. 
right? Like, I don't know. I mean, Ultimately, what what I would like to see um, is shortening down the distance, the the dead time. Man, I, yeah. I just I didn't see a reason for those five days off between playing. These guys play every day, man. On in the regular season, guess what? On Wednesday, you're playing the game. You're traveling that night. You're playing the next day. That right. happens the entire season for these guys. So, like, why are one day okay? Five days? No, sorry. Come on. Yeah, I uh, guess the rule has always been, in, and that's in any playoffs in any league, NHL, NBA, NFL. Well, obviously, NFL, they play seven days apart. But uh, in the past, there's been a day break in between each series when the final game has been scheduled. Now, we weren't... Ex- Michael did. He expected a sweep in every series, right? So there was basically <laughs> two days off for those teams, Thursday and Friday. That was also his bold prediction, though. Right, <laughs> so. right. Like, that's throwing shit at the fan and hoping it sticks, yeah. right? Uh, and it did. <laughs> and it did. Um, but I think you're doing a disservice to a team who fought so hard to make it to the final day. And then it just be like, okay, you just made the playoffs. Tomorrow you play in... And that's another thing too is like making sure everybody gets there and tickets are sold because you don't know the final day of the season this year, everything was set outside of the seeds, right? No one knew that Houston was going to be at home, right? You start preparing for all of this. I, I mean, I, I you understand what you're saying. Like you, Houston you didn't, a great point. Houston didn't know that they were going to have the, the week off. They could have potentially been playing Tampa instead of Texas. Texas and Houston were tied on the final day of the year. And if it wasn't for Seattle was in there too. So hotels, travel for fans. I will I will tell you a short story. Uh I know we're coming up here on about an hour and a half. A short story from when I was with the Lightning. And that exact occurrence happens every year during the playoffs right mm-hmm. because teams are fighting down to the last the last day you know you you're not sure who you're going to play when they're going to be here and we were creating deployments based on tickets in ticketmaster and in ticketmaster you had to set up two and three different games and you could only like so you would only set up games 1 and 2 Right. Mm -hmm. And then once you knew who you were playing, you'll set up game three, four, five, six, whatever. Right. And so you had to have three different games set up in Ticketmaster with a with a um, um, a ghost date, like a fake date Mm -hmm. in there so that if it did happen, all you had to do was hit a button and then they went on sale. Right. Right. And like we had to legitimately create all these hypothetical scenarios. For when the lightning did play at home to sell those tickets because the time frame that you had to actually buy those tickets was like a day. Right. And so right. for season ticket holders, which is the other big piece, right. For like those Houston Astros season ticket holders, I guarantee you they had to opt in and Back put it in early in. September. Yeah, exactly. They had to do that in September saying, Hey, by the way, if we make it, uh, we're going to charge your credit card. Right. Like, they have to they have to do that. That's how we did it. That's the only way that you can sell that many tickets, especially to season ticket holders. They opt into that. Yeah. 
So here's another thought uh, Joe just mentioned about. He said, first, another solution, take away that extra day after the series, right? If it goes to a game three, that's the consequence of not securing one of the top two seeds. And then he's saying, to be clear, I'm referencing the extra day between the wild card and the divisional. So this past Friday, the only thing I'm pushing, and this is me just playing devil's advocate, all these series go game four, game three, right? And the way you have these timed out, three, four, seven, nine o'clock game. Okay, now a team on the West Coast wins that game, game three, but their sixth seed, say the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers are playing out West. Diamondbacks win, they're the sixth seed. The number one seed is the Miami Marlins. And that's who they have to go play. So you're telling me that they finished that game at midnight. Now they have to fly five hours across the coast and play a playoff game one in Miami. And that's not going to be the late game because it's an East Coast game. That's going to be a six o'clock start or a five o'clock start because it's the East Coast. That's just me playing devil's advocate, right? Yeah. Seattle has to play the New York Yankees. That's the longest flight that you can get outside of going to Florida or Seattle has to play Tampa you're kind of screwing that team who made the playoffs, who won a series. There's no good way unless you go to eight teams in my mind. If you're going to. The only other thing I would say is do away with a five game series, make it a seven game, like play off the for round for the NLDS and the ALDS. Yeah. Yeah. Just look, NHL does this seven game series, right? Bottom line, uh, playoff, uh, the, uh, the wild card, Serious, keep it at three. All the wild cards, keep it at three. Um, and then make the NLDS, ALDS games seven, right? I like that more, yeah. I, I think I like that more just because I think over time, the seven-game series has proven to be an effective way to Agreed. find the better team. Agreed. You know, and and on paper, the better team doesn't always win. But like in a seven game series, I think it does. I don't know that you always get that in a five game series because you see things like the way that the Phillies had to structure their pitching rotation, the way the Braves have structured their pitching rotation. And you we're not and I'm not sitting here complaining about the Braves having five playing two games in seven days, I should say. Because there's a seven game series, right? right. Like after that means the, the cream rises to the top usually. Yeah. Right? So for that series. to happen, right. Philly has to take two games in Atlanta and then two mm. games in Philly. If that happens, right. you know what? I'm tipping my cap. Right. Right. Um, so I just, I think the easiest solution is across the board, seven game series, do away with a five game series, keep the, the wild card at, at three games. I could get behind that or go to eight teams uh, just because then oh every God. team, every team's playing right away, right? And yeah. it's just one additional round uh, in the playoffs. I just do do think that that may. I think you got to go to four divisions then, and thirty two teams right away for that because divisional winner gets a one, two, three, and four, and then the best of the rest from there would be how I would do it, but. Uh, either way, we are where we're at right now, um, and we're in the playoffs, and there's been some good baseball. There's been some terrible baseball here in the playoffs. I don't think that that's uh, a result of the, the 
playoff setup. I just think that the Ranger, or the the Rangers destroyed the Rays because the Rays just kind of piddled down their leg. Uh, and Baltimore, I, maybe they just weren't ready. Um, but they haven't played awful, right? I, I don't think the Ori. I mean, they they've lost two games to start, but they've scored I don't think eleven. They played runs awful. Ten runs. I mean, I I just think that's an offensive series, man. Like, that, oh, for sure. It was a slug that's test. just two heavy heavyweights slugging it out. You know, they're they're just whoever scores more runs scores more runs. I mean, I I will say this: I am thoroughly impressed with what the rookies are doing in that series. You're talking about Evan Carter. You're talking about Josh Young. You're talking about Gunnar Henderson. Uh, you're talking about. I mean, Grayson Rodriguez was eh the other day, but look, they got some other rookies on that team that are really good, man. God, the the future of baseball is bright in Baltimore and Texas. Yeah, Baltimore is going to be there for years and years to come with what they have coming through the pipeline. So, yeah, Baltimore fans, if you see this, man, like I, I get it, it's going to suck. Stay strong. Trust me, your team's going to be there for the long run. Well, as we start to wrap that up, uh, Rangers decided to go streaking in the playoffs <laughs> through the through the gymnasium. In the quad. Uh, thank you to all of those who watched and have listened. JD Martinez just made it a two run game, a three one game right now as Arizona still leads, but a opposite field home run by JD Martinez. And the Dodgers are on the board here in the bottom of the fourth. So it's not over yet. It's not over yet, but a long way to go for that Dodgers bullpen. Thank you for watching and listening as we are here on our second playoff recap going on through the rest of the, the playoffs. Look out for some more videos, and we may have to do an emergency podcast if Max Scherzer decides to come back or uh, hop on. So continue to look out for these. We'll try to do as many as we can live, but if we have to record them and post them, you can find those as well. Head on over to your YouTube channel. That is at Barrels and Barrels Pod. Also, B&B Bourbon is where you can find all of our bourbon reviews and bourbon hunts and just bourbon fun videos. Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, all at Barrels and Barrels Pod. Titter. Titter. <laughs> I like me some titters. That's, that's what Elon Musk should have named it. <laughs> should have done away with the W and instead of X, just call it Titter. Uh, it is X, as <laughs> just mentioned, at Barrels and Barrels. If you want to email us, barrelsandbarrels at gmail.com. We'll continue to push out more content there, as well as on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, and iHeartRadio podcasts. Look out for some more of those bourbon reviews. We'll have another one that drops later on this week. Uh, I believe that is going to be the Still Austin Rye. Any last words, Wes? Uh, what are, what, what's been your favorite part of the postseason so far? Oh man, just the feeling of it, the the passion of it. Um, you know, in pro sports, you don't always get the same passion you do as like college sports. Mm-hmm. Dude, it gets to the playoffs. God, it is so fun to watch. Uh, yeah. Just can't take your eyes off of it. You know, it's the passion of it is is where fan bases are truly created. Uh, love watching it. Can't wait to see what happens in the next few games. Agreed. Agreed. Well, for Wes, I am Brandon. Uh, This has been Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon of baseball podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you for chiming in, Joe, as well as Justin. Uh, Don't forget, you can always watch us here on YouTube. If you have any questions, send us a message. Michael Burns usually takes us home. You know the way to do it. Do you want to fill in this week? Let's go.